Welcome to the Pastor's Roundtable Podcast, a podcast where we pull apart and deconstruct the habits, routines, and tactics of the great men and women of faith. Drastically changed my life. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Here is your host, Ryan Latham. Well, welcome to episode 40. It's exciting to be at episode 40. Thank you guys so much for listening, uh, subscribing, sharing. So excited uh, about the podcast, episode 40. I can't believe it, super excited. This episode is brought to you by Purple Panda. Purple Panda is a great wired microphone that is so clean, so crisp. In fact, I'm recording this with my Purple Panda right now. This is my go-to microphone when I'm doing Facebook Lives on the go, uh, videos on the go, or just something real quick. I don't even wanna set up a whole microphone setup. This is my go-to. You can go to renewedleadership.org panda to go straight to order yours today. It's very affordable. Great microphone, I highly recommend it. Well, this episode I talked to Andy McMillan. He's served in the local church for over a decade in different capacities, family, youth, kids. He's currently serves as the executive pastor of Red Hills Church. We talked about virtual offices, virtual meetings, virtual teams, and what does it look like to continue to lead even after quarantine. Hope you enjoy this episode, episode 40. Well, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Pastors Roundtable. I am your host, Ryan Latham, and I'm so excited for uh, this conversation in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of chaos, whatever you want to call it. Um, It's a great conversation for us to talk about um, how do we lead teams, how do we lead ourselves from home? Um, in this different environment. And I know that uh, depending on what state you're in around the nation, some of us are kind of phasing out of this time back into semi-regular. A lot of us are still in lockdown for a few more weeks, potentially even months. Um, And so this conversation might hit you a little bit differently depending on where you're at. But uh, for a lot of us, we really do feel like um, we're probably gonna have some form of modified at home in person office relationship uh, probably for quite a while. Um, And for a lot of churches, it might be a continual thing that might last for quite a long time. Um, And so I feel like this conversation is still helpful for us, no matter what situation you are in the midst of this COVID stuff. Uh, A lot of great things to listen to and and talk to. So uh, Andy, why don't you go ahead and just jump a minute here and just kind of introduce yourself to us. Tell us a little bit about your spiritual, your, your ministry journey, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, so I am uh, the executive pastor at a church uh, about 30 minutes south of Portland, Oregon. Uh, We're in what's called the Willamette Valley. Uh, I've been here for uh, about a year and a half, and I have the privilege of serving as um, executive pastor is kind of a a vague term. It can mean a lot of different things, but uh, I serve um, by leading the staff and then leading finances here. Um, uh, Before I was here, uh, I spent nearly a decade in family ministries, where some of it I was a youth pastor, some of it I was a youth and children's pastor, and the last uh, few years I actually oversaw a team 
that served the next gen department at a church. And so uh, I've been doing um, that for just a little over a decade in full-time ministry. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what I've, what I've been doing as far as ministry journey. I, I did a master's degree at Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida, that focuses on ministerial leadership, uh, which was which was really cool as well. And then on a personal note, I've got a beautiful wife. We've been married. Uh, it'll be seven years in November. And then we have two children that I hope I can survive with through the rest of the pandemic. So um, <laughs> I think a lot of us are kind of uh, in the same situation there. It's been really interesting. I, I don't know about you, but I re I've really enjoyed watching uh, you know, all the different shows that have moved online, you know, even like Jimmy Fallon, you know, and kids interrupting him. And, uh, you know, speaking of which, he interviewed uh, Russell Wilson um, and, and uh, his in the middle of the interview, you know, it's a, pretty much a live uh, Zoom like this. And his kids come in because they lost a tooth when his daughter lost a tooth. And it's <laughs> like you're interviewing like Russell Wilson, you know, for the Tonight Show and your kid comes, you know, I mean, it's just part of the gig right now, man. So. Uh, you've been in, uh, involved in leading staff members uh, for quite a few years at different levels. Um, so why don't you just talk a little bit about that transition, what that's been like, you know, what was it like before a little bit, and what are some things that you've been picking up, trying, doing um, in this transition time? Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a great um, way, way to phrase that. I think what's been interesting about this and kind of the shift that we're making is, is not just how do we shift this way during the pandemic, but, but also how are we thinking about the future? So do, do we really need all of this office space that we once thought we needed? And I, th I think a lot of us are in that boat too, that it's almost been like a nice test case for all of us in that. And so um, like most of us that work in church, uh, the church environment, I think many of us are very accustomed to uh, the day-to-day the -day walking in people's offices, getting to catch up that way, and, um, and, and putting a lot of relational emphasis in a very casual nature. And, and that being a part of the work week, well, when you shift to um, doing everything via video, via Zoom, uh, all of those things change. And, and I think for many of us that have kind of been in our boat, we've been asking the question, okay, what, um, how do I do this? What do I need to shift in my own leadership and the way that I do things to, to make this work? And honestly, the first thing that's been the most helpful was I just decided uh, from the beginning of this to find some people who had done this before. You, you know, we have a lot of people talking about how to work from home, how they're doing it. And many of us, if, if you're like me, uh, this is the first time I've ever had to work via video. I mean, I, I telecommunicate with my family because they live 3,000 miles away. Um, and we do that kind of stuff. But I don't, this is not a normal thing. And so I've got a really good friend that, that his whole um, organization, uh, he's a part of a large um multi-level marketing program that all they do is via telecommunication. I mean, that's it. I mean, he never sees those people in person, maybe once a year, that's it at a conference or something. And so we began to talk to him and pick up best practices. But the first thing that we started doing, I think that was important for us that's helped it work for us is we just admitted, I have no idea what I'm doing from a, from a transition and I'm going to need to talk to somebody 
who has a clue because just figuring this thing out on my own is not, is not wise. And there are people that have been doing this for years. I mean, this isn't new. This isn't by any stretch, a new concept. It's just new for churches. And so um, I found some of my greatest help being outside of those churches and, or outside of the church people that I know and talking to people who've just lived this reality for, for several years and been successful at it, building teams. Um, the second thing that was really helpful for us, not just listening to an outside voice, but hearing, hey, you're going to need to rethink your meetings. Um, if, if you or anybody else is used to a normal church culture on either Monday or Wednesday, there's like a giant meeting where everybody that's paid walks in and we sit at a, an awkwardly long table and we, we talk about life and what's going on in our ministries and we're excited about it. And then we eventually get to business and, and we kind of toss ideas around. That's like a normal dynamic. Um, and that just does not translate to everybody sitting in their home at zoom, you know, on a computer. And so we really began to rethink our meetings. Um, and we'd begun to do this actually before, um, we went to this platform, we were, we were reworking how we're doing things, some things, but this just kind of escalated it, made it happen a lot quicker. So what we committed to was more meetings that were shorter with less people. And, and what I mean by that is, um, there are just very few things that there's, there's 10 people who work in our office, including myself. There are very few things that 10 people, all 10 of those people need to be in the conversation about. So we meet for 30 minutes um, once or actually twice a week right now uh, to just check in with everybody, make sure everybody um, is being resourced the way they need to be. But everything else is with two to three people. Hey, how can we resource you? How can we help you? Uh, and so we, we've committed to more meetings, but they're shorter and with the right people. And when you do that, especially in this environment, I feel like we've been able to make uh, most of our staff just so much more efficient um, working for uh, working for the bottom line, where we're going, what we want to accomplish. And so I think that that has made uh, a, a big difference for us. Uh, and so. Uh, yeah, we've been saying that uh, with in lots of conversations, more meetings with less people in shorter times. And we've actually been having our uh, staff do that with our volunteers. It's not just what we're doing from the executive pastor to the team. It's, hey, spend more time with your people. Jump on Zoom, jump on FaceTime, make sure that you're connecting with them, talking to them, helping them resource, because we still have people serving our church. Um. The, the next thing is scheduling out uh, care for the staff. Scheduling out care for the staff. You, we don't realize how much we care for our staff by just being in the room and joking around with people, making people feel, feel a part of the culture and the conversation. When we do that on Zoom, it's just not the same. And so finding time to stop uh, make sure that people on your staff feel like, hey, you, you matter. Hey, before we jump into business today, let's, let's take five minutes and not talk about the church, not talk about work. Tell me what's going on in your world. Uh, and that, that's been, I think it's been very helpful, uh, especially for those people who you know are running ragged, you know, for all of the people 
uh, who went from leading worship on Sunday morning to producing a television show uh, throughout the week now, which is for those of us who aren't doing live, for those of us who are doing post-production services, that's, that's what we're doing. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's a different thing. And so making sure that they feel resourced, making sure that they feel cared for uh, and, and helping them focus on, hey, um, this, some of this stuff is going to end, but we've still got to make sure that Sunday happens and, and making sure they feel encouraged to do that, I think is important. Um, and then the, the last couple of things are um, figuring out just consistent communication for us has been important. Um, I've actually sent a lot less email than I used to do. Uh, and that kind of sounds counterintuitive, but we, we chose, or at least I did for me communicating with my team, I've, I do communication one of two ways. Um, it's either via text message or it's on a Zoom call. Uh, the second thing is that it's consistent communication through the week with each staffer. Each staff member connects with me at least two times a week to make sure that they feel resourced, to make sure that they feel like they're getting uh, what they need to do their job. Um, and it's just a very constant rhythm. That's, that's what we've tried to create. Now, it's not perfect, but it has helped um, them still feel connected to, to where we're going and what's happening. Um, and then the, the last thing that I would say, and I mean, I mean, there's other things that we can talk about as far as figuring out project management, that kind of stuff. But I think the biggest thing is learning to be flexible in this season, not just in scheduling, not just in um, what we're doing uh, as far as logistically, but being flexible in, okay, what's everybody's role now? Um, what, what can each of these people that used to be paid to do something that was directly connected to Sunday morning learn so that they can still add value to your team. I think you actually did a podcast on, on basically that concept, rerouting staff members. It's so important because these people are valuable. And when we go back to service uh, in a building, they'll still continue to be valuable. But what do we do in the eight, 12? I, I'm in Oregon, so we could be doing this forever. You know, I, so we don't even have like a, we have kind of a plan, but we don't have any dates lined up. We don't know when we're going back. How do we keep those people adding value to the team? Because they want to add value. Uh, they just don't know how. So we took um, our youth pastor and our, um, our guest services coordinator and we have given them really quick training in how to edit and final cut. Uh, there, for those of you who don't know, it's video editing software. They're, uh, unlike what some people think, not all millennials can just spit out a video. And so uh, we're not all tech people. Some of us are, but some of us are not. And so we've trained a couple of different people on staff how to do things that they've never done before. And it's that flexibility of, keeping people that want to add value to the organization and not just fill a job um, in a position to add value. And so uh, people who don't want to learn and who don't want to shift with you ultimately are just in it for a paycheck. But the people who really love your church, love the organization that they serve, will do what it takes to make sure that they're making a difference. Uh, that's, yeah. that's been huge for us. Yeah, I, I know uh, quite a few churches I've talked with, they've said, if you've ever 
like looked at a soundboard, you know, you're, you're basically yeah. going to be running sound, you know, uh, especially like multi-site churches, you know, some of them are trying to get their campus pastors, you know, to speak live. And so that, you know, that's a church that's, that's now not just recording one, but they're recording three, four, yeah. you know, campus pastors speaking. So it's like, man, you, you've looked at a, a soundboard. You're the, now you're the new sound guy for your campus pastor's sermon, right? It's like, you know, everybody. And so, um, I love what you're saying um, about those constant contacts. Um, and so talk to me just a little bit about what that looks like as you're leading multiple staff members. And are those like pre-scheduled like every single week, you know, Tuesday from one to one thirty, I meet with the youth pastor and then one thirty to two, I meet with the children's pastor. What does those mean? Is it kind of ebbs and flow as the needs? What does that kind of look like scheduling and what does it pragmatically look like when you're meeting with those people? Yeah, so it, it does ebb and flow just because needs are different uh, from, from week to week. So this weekend, we're doing uh, some drive-by pickups for Mother's Day. Families can come by and pick up a special gift from our church to moms. But we've also got kids' buckets that are getting picked up with some curriculum stuff, all, you know, some different things for them to do, different activities. We do that about every other week. Sometimes it's communion pickup. Sometimes it's a kid's gift that we're giving them. Uh, and so with, with weeks like that, sometimes I meet with our children's pastor on Monday afternoons. Um, sometimes I'm meeting with her on Thursday afternoons. Most meetings happen on Monday and Thursday. Uh, where those staff, staffers park um, changes just depending on the, on the week. So today I met with our youth pastor about an hour before this meeting and talked about how we were going to reshape some things in youth ministry um, for, for the youth ministry when they come back. Ironically, we, we hired a new youth pastor um, like four weeks before this happened. So he has now been an online youth pastor longer here than he has been the youth pastor. So that's, that's kind of unique. So we're working with him. It, it's very consistent in what we're there to do. The time flexes though. So um, I, I really believe that people should know what you're going to talk about before you enter in a, into a meeting. People should have a clue. Now I'm not the guy who's sending out a schedule, but when they get a text from me or they get a FaceTime call asking to set up a meeting time, it's, Hey, I want to talk to you about this at nine 30 to 10, or, Hey, I want to talk to you too people about this thing from 9:30 to 10 and making it just really really clear um, that that's that that's the goal um, yeah that's good because uh, you know we've all been in that moment where we just get the text that says hey I need to meet with you uh, and then for like four days we're like sweating bullets you yeah. know like what is this about like is this the end is it over you know and then we walk in and it's like hey man you want to help me put up this uh, sign in my office real quick yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've been killing myself for like three days. And you just want to help have me help you put up the sign. So it's like you know what I mean. So I I love the idea of of making sure that there's at least not necessarily a, a detailed schedule, but at least a direction for that conversation. That's nice. Yeah, it lets them prepare. It lets them know kind of. I I never want a a staffer to be caught off guard. So it, even even when we're in larger settings, if I know that I'm gonna ask our youth pastor a question for us to dive into in a meeting. Um, he knows he's not walking into a staff meeting going, uh, Oh, was I, should I, should I've had this 
ready to go. You know, there's just that sad, I'm going to die look that I, I would prefer <laughs> not to be in our meetings. And so, I, you know, I don't want people to panic. I want people to appear as confident and as um, prepped as they are. And the only way to do that is to never catch them off guard. Now, occasionally things come up that you have to deal with that people weren't expecting. But if they have the ability to know something's coming, um, then it's, it's all the more helpful. That's great. So as you guys look ahead, uh, you know, for us in Oklahoma, we've already moved into phase one. I know a lot like Texas, Georgia, a lot of states have already kind of moved into the early stages of phase one. Um, you know, you said you guys still don't really have a timeline, but as you guys do begin to think a little bit ahead, what are you sensing? What are you feeling when it comes to like team development, that office interactions? What do you feel like are some elements that you might keep um, or you just can't wait to get rid of? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great question. I think that um, I think that there's a lot of benefit to having in-person interaction. Uh, and, I, and I think that there are some of those elements that we'll move towards. Um, but like everything, there's some things that we're going to keep out of this season. Zoom, whether, whether it's FaceTime that you choose to use, Zoom, Google Duo, or whatever else that there is for video teleconferencing, I don't think this will go away in, in just the ease of use at some level. I mean, there's just a benefit to this. Um, we've been asking the question, our staff has grown a little bit with not full-time roles, but part-time roles. And the question has been, where do we park these people? Because our offices are limited. What do we do? And that's, you know, most churches that are nearing a thousand people sit in that, that question because there is a time where you stop hiring full-time people and you start racking up part-timers for a season. Um, and we're actually getting a lot more comfortable with the idea that, hey, they, they, don't, they, they don't need an office. They can work from home. They can do 30 hours a week in their home. And if I do need them, they're 10 minutes away, they can drive in uh, or they can just jump on a Zoom call if, if I need to just talk with them for 20 minutes instead of having them go back and forth. So, I mean, I think for us, um, we definitely want that engagement. We do monthly breakfasts together as a staff. Like we're, we really focus on the relational aspect. But I think that, if you do a really good job having intentional relational time, there is less of a requirement to you always having to be in the office together. I don't know if that like directly answers your question, but for us, I mean, that, that is what we're discovering. Taking intentional time for relationship allows you to be um, less relational in the meeting, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I think too, even... Uh, the more you use Zoom, the more, I mean, I've been uh, working on a virtual team for, you know, for a year and a half, you know, or more uh, exclusively pretty much. And, uh, you know, you just, you, it takes a little bit longer, you know, to kind of build that friendship or whatever. But, you know, when you look at, you know, the five functions of a healthy team, you know, it's like, you know, it takes a little bit of more strategy to get into those upper levels of conflict and achievement, those, you know, those upper levels, but really 
um, it, they can happen, right? Okay. But it just looks different. And so I think just defining, you know, I mean, I've got people that I call friends that I've like never met in person. I mean, it's all virtual. It's always been text, it's always been video meetings. And so I think just redefining that a little bit and saying that like, that's okay. Like that's totally fine, you know? And so, um, but yeah, I mean, I think redefining that a little bit. I mean, I, I was talking to a business owner um, yesterday and uh, they were just like what you're saying, they're in that kind of that flux zone where it's like they're outgrowing their building in terms of staff. And he was thinking about having to spend, you know, way tons of money uh, to build out this extra building to add staff members. And now he's going, man, I don't think I need to do that. Um, yeah. You know, now before this, he would have never thought that, that this home business would have worked for him. But now that he's doing it, he is forced to do it. Now he's like, man, it, it actually might work out and it would save me a ton of money on real estate, you know, all of these things. And so I love what you're saying is that it just opens up the door for us to think a little bit differently. So yeah, what are some of the other things that you guys are thinking up, uh, you know, as you're, what has worked for you guys? What are you guys thinking about? you know, maximizing, leveraging, you know, these online um, staff development opportunities? Yeah. So um, there's a, there's a few different things that, that we're thinking through as far as what it looks like when we come back into this next season. Um, as, as the office does open back up, um, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll definitely do some things like, like we used to do them as far as full staff meetings. Um, but whether it's via video or not, I, I don't think we will ever go back to doing more than a 25, 30 minute large staff meeting. As the staff grows, it's actually more important in allowing those, those closer connections to happen uh, because there's just some things that come out of those that are helpful. We've got some young guys on staff that have been in ministry as long as they've been employed here and that's it. And them being able to sit down and talk to um, several people on our staff that have been in ministry for over a decade, that that 20 minute conversation is worth more than two hours sitting, listening to people talk about um, meetings that happen. I remember I sat on staff at a church one time and we were in a meeting and it was very important on this staff that everybody came to the staff meeting. And I remember... I, I clocked it on my watch. I sat in a meeting where we talked for 25 minutes about where the baptismal towels were. And I just, I just remembered thinking, man, I wonder how much money is being spent right now with all, of, all, you know, there are probably 15 people in the room with all the people sitting around that table, listening to us talk about baptismal towels. And that's, that's the thing the, it was a conversation that needed to be had between a couple of people. It didn't need to be had with 15 people. And I, and I think um, protecting those larger meetings to only a few things. Um, so I lead staff meetings all but once a month and our lead pastor leads one once a month that only focuses on leadership development and vision casting. Um, that's the primary meeting monthly that he leads. And that meeting is obviously about community on staff and the culture on staff. And those are great times to have all 10 of us in the room and to really receive from our pastor. Those are great moments for us to all be together. But when we're talking about things that are strategic 
unique to a department or logistical unique to a department. Um, the fewer people, the better, whether that's via video or here in the office. And so uh, I think that's one thing that'll, that'll shift. Um, I think um, we're also seeing, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love taking staff members out to eat and getting to do that. But you know, when you see your food bill get cut by like 80%, you go, Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, there, there's something here. Yeah. I mean, you know, what if everything didn't have to be a $30 lunch between two people, you know, and, and I'm not, I, I'm not the guy who says you can, you know, I know church, some churches are very tight on whether or not you can take staff out. I don't think you need it like that. I think that there is uh, a theology of food and there's something that happens when we break bread with each other uh, that that's healthy. Uh, but it's really nice for that not to be, you know, on the church every Tuesday, you know, there's, there's a benefit to that. And those, those same things can happen over a cup of coffee or uh, scheduling as a zoom time. And, and honestly, it helps us be better stewards of the money God gave us. I know that as I said that there are probably people who stopped watching this video. <laughs> they love their Tuesday Mexican food day. You know, like I get it. It's, it's like a, it's like a little badge of honor. We don't make a ton of money in ministry, but we get our Mexican food Tuesday. But we do. I, understand. I get it. But there is a reality that you can be a little bit smarter in how you reward your staff when there's, when there's more money sitting in that account. Yep. That's great. That's great. Well, any last words? We kind of wrap it up here uh, as, you know, as we're again, all different stages. Some people are kind of coming out of this thing. Some people are, still in no man's land. Any words of encouragement or th final thoughts here? Yeah, I would just say um, I, the, the tension for a lot of us is to just do what we need to do and do business and kind of put our heads down. Uh, and I think that whether we're talking about people who serve our church in uh, non-paid roles or paid roles, th they still need to hear that we love them as leaders, that, they, that they're valuable, um, and that they're making a difference. And those are, those are things regardless of the season, and even more so when we feel isolated, that people just need to hear. And so whether it's shooting them a text or just making sure you pick up a phone and call them once a week to say, hey, you, you're killing it today, J just so you know. I think sometimes we forget, uh, the higher up in leadership you go, I think you forget how much hearing from your boss that you're doing a great job matters. Um, how much that, what that does for you and your soul to know and to be validated like that, how much that matters. And I think that we have to bring ourselves back to a place where we um, bring that, that moment, that emotion to remembrance so that we invest in our people that way. Yeah, I love that. I love you. I love that. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing all you're, you're doing. Uh, we're excited for uh, all of you guys that are navigating this season. Hopefully this has been helpful to you. Stay, stay in there. Uh, you know, be encouraged. Uh, stay strong. You're, uh, we're believing that uh, a lot of the things that we've learned in this season are going to make us better and stronger in our team development. And so thank you, Andy, for your time. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Cool.